Requiem of the Outcast 26, for Life Day, and December 2005. Hey, you. Yeah, you. We know you're out there. Rejects from society. Artists. Writers. Poets. Filmmakers. Get off the couch. Make something. The world is waiting to hear your voice. And so are we. We are the Requiem of the Outcast. Are you an outcast? And now a warning from the Geek Fu Master, Merlafferty. I have been through that gauntlet. I have faced the terrors and come out the other side, older, wiser, more wrinkled, and mourning the innocence that I lost. I'm serious. Take this warning, please. One thing you must be warned of is the Star Wars Christmas special. I didn't get to listen to Mer Lafferty's Geek Through Action Grip for a couple weeks. I'd already seen it three times. Hey, my kids like the Wookiees in the cartoon. By the time I had heard her podcast warning. So please, don't do what I did. Go to geekthroughactiongrip.com and listen to the master. She is wise. I am foolish. At least we get to make fun of that lump of crap, though. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. The Star Wars Holiday Special. Ah, the Star Wars Holiday Special. Where to begin the pain? Well, it was originally created in 1978-79... It was released in 1979, around the Christmas time. It was to bridge the gap between Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back. It doesn't really make much sense, but this is what George Lucas wanted to do. I mean, I mean, who was around to say no? I think that we can even look back now and realize that at this point in time, there was nobody there to tell George no. But we'll remember, this was still George Lucas the man. Not George Lucas, the fanatical demigod. Well, he had the the cult following, but I don't think he realized. I think he was still working on Empire at the time, Mm -hmm. because I think they may have just finished shooting it. But, okay, story. Han and Chewie are racing to get to Kishak. Throughout the whole thing, uh, Lumpy, which is (coughs) Chewie's son, (laughs) keeps trying to swipe cookies. His dad's name is Itchy. And his wife's name is Mala. Oh, I thought his wife's name would be Krabby. <laughs> That's just me. Sorry. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> He's got, it's like, all, I'm just imagining like a Wookiee fully shaved and looking angry. <laughs> like I said, Lumpy keeps trying to swipe cookies. Uh, Mala is cooking. At one point in time, she turns on a cooking show which features special guest star Harvey Corman in drag. Oh, wow. And the sad thing is, that's only the first of his, like, three or four appearances. I think three appearances in the Oh, movie. man, Harvey Corman and Dre. And, of course, doing his, uh, his Julia Child impression. Hello! Um, wow, Harvey while, Corman was desperate for a job <laughs> in the 70s. I think he was desperate to get on the, uh... The Star Wars bandwagon. But he just wanted an action figure, you know, with with great chopping action. 
Well, let's see. Yeah, with chopping action, which had three arms, his other character was a robot uh, instruction manual that keeps <laughs> like doing the Max Headroom bit. Oh, my God. And the third one and final one is hitting on B. Arthur in the cantina at Mos Eisley while, trying to, uh, while, while drinking into the top of his head. Which qualifies amongst the top ten of jobs which you can never be paid enough for. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my gosh. We've also got a brief bit where they go into a shop where... Special guest star. Art Carney is the proprietor mm-hmm. and salesman. Mm-hmm. There's an Imperial Death Star gunner walking around, not sure what to buy. And oh my God. Uh, Art Carney keeps trying to sell him on a little mini aquarium, a little pocket aquarium. Wow. He ends up swinging by uh, Mala's house later on. That's where he factors in. After a little bit, the imps barge in and search the place looking for rebels, uh, break into Chewbacca's house. Because what Christmas special is complete without having, you know, a raid by your Big Brother affiliation kind of... Precisely. You know. They had one in, in the Christmas Carol, but they just decided to take it out. Charlie Bound Christmas, and my soldiers bust me. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> it. The Spirit of Christmas by Linus. Shut up, kid! <laughs> That wasn't authorized. You were put your hands against the wall. So after all that, there is the Imperials get stopped in front of the television due to Imperial required viewing, which was an episode of Life on Tatooine. What? Which was uh, the cantina, uh, the Mos Espa cantina that special guest star B. Arthur apparently took over from What's His Bucket and is running the show. And of course, they have an Imperial news break occasionally in 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 her in her song. So like, Golden Girls didn't work out. I think this predates Golden Girls, sadly <laughs> enough. But we get to see Harvey Corman trying to pick up on her, which is really oh exciting. man, it'd be awesome. And of course, at the end, they have they all go to the Tree of Light after. Han Solo uh, basically uh, makes an, a stormtrooper trip off the edge of the treehouse and fall to his death. Did they actually make Harrison Ford do that? Harrison Ford was there, yeah. The oh. cartoon, he didn't do much, and you could tell that he did not want to do it, the few lines that he has. But, uh, yeah, but he <laughs> actually like, was there. And You're all clear, kid. Now let's blow <laughs> this thing and go home. You just swiped that line from the movie. Uh, <laughs> no, no, he, uh, he did a good job on the live-action stuff, but... Because you could see it was Han Solo, not just, you know, Harrison Ford getting a paycheck. But you could see that he, he was in the character, whereas Princess Leia ends up singing the Life Day Carol. What is the Life Day Carol? Painful. That's <laughs> what it is. <laughs> a complete waste of time. Mm, complete uh, waste of time. Pu- yes. Unnecessary punishment to the ears of children. Absolutely. And, of course, her and Luke look like they hadn't changed clothes since the movie. Oh, there you go. Well, now. <laughs> Special news bulletin. Hello, this is George Lucas. I just wanted to say... After watching the original holiday special, I felt like it really didn't live up to my original vision. So I went back and released the holiday special, Special Edition. With CGI, we've gone back and inserted real druids and real Christmas trees. (laughs) But so that we don't lock out our other friends, we've included several satanic references as well. (laughs) I think everyone will enjoy the holiday special, 
especially me. <laughs> and an animated Star Wars story. Uh, the cartoon, which features the very first time we get to see Boba Fett, which is kind of funny. Because not only, you know, different color schemes and all that jazz, but the fact of the matter is he's supposedly the greatest bounty hunter ever. Right. He is, as a matter of fact, hailed by C-3PO, who seems to know him. At Once they discover that he's betraying them, mm -hmm. he finds out, oh, well, that's Boba Fett. That's Darth Vader's right-hand man. I should have seen it. I'm so sorry. That's funny. I don't remember owning any droids. That's right. That's funny. I don't remember smoking any pot. <laughs> <laughs> Yet this feels so much like Hashisha, too. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got Boba Fett, the greatest bounty hunter in the galaxy. Apparently, Darth Vader's right hand man for a few moments, anyway. Who is? You know what? Let let me backtrack. Let me tell you exactly how this cartoon is set up. Yeah, please do. Chewbacca is flying okay. the Falcon, seemingly not very well, mm -hmm. because the Falcon is about to crash land on a planet. Mm -hmm. uh, Han Solo is hanging upside down. In the back, just kind of swinging back and forth. And Chewbacca <laughs> has something just... in his lap. Okay. Now, this is how it's set up. You, you don't know any backstory. That's just how it is. So you... <laughs> After a you bad acid from... trip, in a yeah, no. galaxy far, far away. <laughs> Let alone we talk about how all the characters are drawn. Anyway, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a production freak. So, I mean, you see this stuff, and it's like, there's no consistency there. So... <laughs> Boba Fett goes everywhere from blue to green in his helmet. Apparently, he's switching his helmets around. <laughs> it's so they won't recognize me. <laughs> I'm Boba Fett. Who's this Boba fella you're talking about? That's right. About? I don't know. My cousin. I'm, I'm Boba um, Feet. The extra T is I'm, silent. I'm smelly feet. That's right. I'm smelly Fett. <laughs> there you go. Okay, so now we've got Chewie about to crash land. So Leia tells Luke to take a Y-Wing and go see what you can do. And, of course, in this rescue mission, he brings 3PO, wow. which, you know, it's always great in a pinch. Uh-huh. So they go to this planet, Paps Blue Ribbon B, or whatever the hell it was called. Right. They crash land. It's basically like, they say it's almost like a, a water world or something like that, but they basically land in, in pudding. Giant, the pl entire planet is covered in red pudding. And who's the first person they meet? But Yoda, Bill as played by Bill Cosby. <laughs> Rudy. Hey there. Theo. Use so the force, you know. <laughs> <laughs> There's always room for the force. That's uh, right. <laughs> Jedi say so. the craziest things, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, they uh, crash land, and this giant monster comes up. Uh -huh. So, Luke pulls out his blaster. And sure. shoots at it, which when it shoots, it is a long, continuous stream of energy, much like the Ghostbusters. Wow. Now, he hits this monster, which looks a lot like every cartoon version of Nessie you ever see. <laughs> uh, hits him in the face, and apparently the monster thinks it's some whipped cream or something like that, because he licks his lips and eats the energy beam, whatever. So, he then reaches down and starts gnawing on the Y-Wing. Well, so Luke uh, basically pulls the lever, whatever, pushes the buttons to eject the escape pod, uh -huh. which is actually the front part of the Y-Wing that jettisons off, and they cruise around on top of this ocean of pudding. So, you basically have... This is very exciting, Rudy. <laughs> You have a, an escape pod, uh -huh. which is never actually used in the Star Wars movies. 
you know, supposedly all of these ships have these escape pods, but nobody ever uses them. Sure. So far, Grievous and the droids are the only ones that ever use any kind of escape pod because in any of the Star <laughs> Wars Little known fact about escape pods in the Star Wars universe, none of them had air. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's why. why. Hey, there's no life signs in there. Well, because there's no air. <laughs> That's right. They're dead. It's precise. They're all <laughs> dead, Jim. They're dead. <laughs> And you killed them. <laughs> <laughs> I knew there was something we forgot That's when right. we designed oh. They're an escape pod. We didn't say you could live in them. That, you know, that would be funny is if they had to like make a last-minute modification. So like as it shoots out, it's got like a little snorkel. <laughs> <laughs> a little breathing tube comes That's right. out. Physiologically, that doesn't make sense, but it was so damn cute we had to throw it on, said Mr. <laughs> Lucas at a press conference. Uh, Mr. Lucas, do you do realize that with the snorkel hanging out, it actually reduced the drag and flow right. of the, and it kind of messed up the aeronautics of your space uh, ship, that it would have spun out of control and probably crashed uh, upside down. <laughs> Shut up. Do you, reali- do you not realize I'm God? <laughs> it's like, look, I tap it on the microphone. Uh, Mr. Lucas, you do realize that while not only is there no sound in space, there is no air either. Have you ever been in space? Well, no. There you are. Next, I shall go to the moon of green cheese. Maybe not in your universe. Oh, there you go. That's right. That's why it's a galaxy far, far away. (laughs) Bitch. (laughs) He's he's a rap star now. He's no longer George Lucas. He's G. Luke. (laughs) Girl, I will do whatever the hell I... Shut your ass up! Gee, Luke. Um. There you go. So we're at the cartoon, and they're cruising on the pudding. Cruising on the ocean of pudding. Mm-hmm. And they come across another monster that's about to eat them. It's going to gnaw on them to get them. Mm-hmm. But then out of nowhere, Boba Fett comes up on what looks like the gun Riff Raff uses at the end of Rocky Horror Picture Show, <laughs> mounted on a pole to shoot Nessie. <laughs> now we can. George Lucas was smart because he establishes Boba Fett as kind of a rough guy because he keeps beating whatever the sure. thing he is he's flying. Uh huh. Which looks like a flying version of Nessie. Wait, have you got your uh, purple guys, helmet on, Boba? We've got to get to work. <laughs> I've got my blue one on. It's Boba. So he <clears throat> saves Luke and mm-hmm. he keeps calling him friend. Kind of uncomfortable at first. Okay. Let's go, friend. Oh, wow. Can you pass me the cheese, friend? <laughs> so, he follows Boba Fett, completely trusting this guy because he helped him, even though he's beating an animal. And so he takes him, I know where your friends are. So he takes him to the Falcon, which now has balloons underneath it, which were never used in any of the Star Wars movies either. Airbags. To cushion its fall into the pudding. So <laughs> Your balloons they, will be of no use, Rudy. So they board the Falcon, they go inside, and Luke apparently succumbs to the power of the talisman that Chewie is holding in his lap because Luke step, <sighs> steps into the doorway where Han's hanging upside down and he passes out. Han is still Although, upside down? What the heck? What is he doing? Yeah. I'm, well, I'm getting to that. Although for a split second you think Boba Fett did it, but no, he's I mean he's a good guy, of right? Of course he's not. Everybody friend, buddy chum pal. That's you know. right. So they come in, Hello, and uh, Luke's out, and it turns out that the only way to keep somebody from the horrible curse or virus that is passed on apparently via the talisman is to hang him upside down, and let all the blood rush to their head. So <laughs> assuming oh, that's right. good for the body. So they, and you won't get pregnant either. Exactly. <laughs> so fortunately, Han has already been there for at least 24 hours. He's definitely not pregnant. 
Um, <laughs> just kind of swinging in the breeze. Oh, good lord. And Boba Fett says, I know where I can find this herb that can help your friends. And so Chewie goes with him. Okay. So they go into town, and you see stormtroopers walking around. And it was just amazing because, you know, you see this giant planet, but you never see uh, anything floating on the pudding that would look like a city. <laughs> but fortunately, there is one. There's Imperial stormtroopers all over the place. But This is a town built of that pudding mix that didn't quite mix in, so it's still kind of exactly. sandy. It's the lumps. There exactly, you go. It's the lumps. <laughs> so this city that's clumpy. We call it Clump Town. Clump Town. <laughs> so here in Clump Town, they, uh, Boba Fett and and Chewie, they're walking out of an alley, uh-huh. and Chewbacca says, "Wait here, friend. If you get caught, you'll be in trouble. So I'll go get the stuff." And Chewie, of course, looks at him and is like, and he's like, "No, friend." I got it. So <laughs> little they, does he know, Chewie's going, "She, come on." <laughs> Come on, you bastard. I got a record already. <laughs> I came is, all this way and you want me to wait in an alley? Come on, man. <laughs> this is like the only this is the only knowledge that George Lucas has of a drug deal. He just knows <laughs> people get together and one guy goes, No man, I'll take care of it. And the other guy no, just kinda friend. goes, oh, okay. <laughs> I mean Yeah, sure, buddy. Next thing you know, your sure. friend's hanging upside down, can't figure out why people are passing out. <laughs> all the blood's all the blood's rushing to there. And now everybody's a friend. <laughs> so so uh, Boba Fett goes and he gets this stuff, this herb injection, whatever that's uh, <laughs> that is going to save them. But as he does, he passes by a comlink and he inserts his credit card and calls up Darth Vader. <laughs> he had a calling card, but he only had enough <laughs> for like two minutes, so he had to be fast. That's exactly it. So now there, uh, keep in mind that the Falcon is out in the middle of this ocean of pudding. While he's calling Vader, uh, R2 and 3PO were able to capture the signal magically. <laughs> and be like, oh, oh no, oh no, turns out Boba Fett is not a friend. That lying bastard. So, <laughs> and, what, how did, <laughs> and how did they find that? They're just like, looking for, look, <laughs> looking for cell phone reception. Just like Padme and the magic button on uh, episode two. What I in missed, her, I missed Padme ship. and her magic button. She what? has, she she has a magic button. I'll bet she does. <laughs> a little different than the one you're thinking. She's got I, this magic button that does everything from fire the ship up to bring up a display. Everything. It, it's much like Wash's three magic buttons on Serenity. Oh, there you go. So, <laughs> it, they, they're running the Windows XP <clears throat> of ships. Exactly. The only problem is when uh, it crashes. Control all dead. So they find out that Boba Fett is the bad guy, mm-hmm. and then he's in league with Vader. So uh, Boba Fett gets the injection, gets chewy, they cross the vast sea of pudding to the Falcon, mm-hmm. and when they get inside, they give the stuff to Luke and Han, and so they're like, hey, oh, thanks, friend, we appreciate it. And then 3PO is like, oh, Master Luke, he's not actually our friend. Turns out he's the right hand of Darth Vader. He's just trying to betray you. When you and say right so, hand, do you mean like Voltron? Yeah, <laughs> very much. He, he's kind of like the lion. The lion right now. He's, uh, he's green. There you go. The green. Oh, the good. Lion. Oh, double points so, to you for knowing the color. 
I'm probably very much wrong on that. Bubba Fett's found out, oh no, I'm really not your friend. Uh -huh. And so even though he's got a gun trained on them, uh -huh. all of his stuff, he even ropes Chewie at one point in time, <laughs> but he just like, okay, I'll go. And he just <laughs> opens up a, he pushes a button, the door opens up above him, and he flies off. And I'm thinking, you know, you've got your entire arsenal trained on the very people you need to catch and bring to Vader. You've even told Vader that you've got them, and you don't do jack crap, you just fly away. Now, of course, I would also think Chewbacca going off with Boba Fett is kind of funny in the first place, because Boba Fett actually has Wookiee hair braided That's right. on his, <laughs> as a lanyard. Every like, hey, that could be my cousin, you know? It's, people are far too trusting in the Star Wars universe, especially guys point. with helmets. It's like... Is that my cousin? What the... What? <laughs> oh, you have human ears around your neck? Well, <laughs> all right, right, I'll go out to dinner with you. Is that <laughs> a human limb? No, it's a <laughs> replica. I, I was hoping to get an ear from you. That's right. Um, uh, yeah, could I borrow something for a long time? <laughs> so, oh, and of God. course, you know, as stated before, Boba Fett's helmets change colors. Again. Uh, none of the color scheme on him is correct, or at least what is what is kept to. Boba Fett doesn't seem all that badass uh, here, and that was the first introduction of him. Now, it should be Han, fair to mention that George Lucas is colorblind, mm -hmm. and so probably didn't notice that. And so that—that's the cartoon. Mm -hmm. That is the introduction of of Boba Fett. Oh sadly, my god, that's his, it was. And how did they, they get this even fan base? Up. How did they get this fan base? Right? He's like, he's the greatest bounty hunter in the world. As long as you don't conf directly confront him with it. <laughs> Let me put it this way. I think, well, for me, uh, Boba Fett really got his fan base because in the movies, he only had six lines. The entire movies, minus the prequel trilogy, he only had six lines yeah. between two movies. Ended up being the baddest mofo. And well, that's because they the cut out all the bits where he said, friend. <laughs> what if he doesn't no survive, friend? Friend. <laughs> He's no good to me, dead. Friend. <laughs> He's like the lovable, most lovable bounty hunter in the universe. <laughs> You will be well compensated if he dies, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> it just kind of loses. It loses a lot of the... <laughs> it's like Lucas was ready for that. Just in case things seem too dark, he could just stick those back in, and now it's a Care Bear universe. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. Well, of course, you know, one of the few times you could really insert something that makes sense is, you know, and I want him alive. No disintegrations. As you wish. Bastard. I think <laughs> it's really the only time that it, it really fits. I, see, I just think they should stick that in in every piece. So, you know, <laughs> I love you, man. <laughs> friend? <laughs> friend? Hello? More? It, it's a it's a, it does end up with a little too, uh, uh, a little too PC for me, you know? Yeah, it's right. just a little too friendly. A little too <laughs> Care Bear, as you said. Yeah, that's right. Care Bear but. stare? <laughs> Your powers have grown strong since I last saw you, Lionheart Bear. <laughs> so, you know, that's that's the cartoon throughout the entire holiday special. Besides the fact that it is incredibly sad, just <laughs> absolutely goofy as anything can happen, you have Harvey Corman, who is an excellent actor. I, I'm a huge fan of him from, you know, all of the Mel Brooks movies, obviously. That's... Hedley Lamar. That's all right. It's 1800s. Oh, okay. You can sue her. Okay, now my so. confusion is righted. You were saying Harvey Corman. I was thinking Harvey Keitel. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Could you imagine freaking the wolf? That's what I'm saying. So it's Star like Wars. Mr. Wolf in drag. I don't, you know. <laughs> Gentlemen, I'll be quick about this. Stop staring at my legs. I know. It's pretty much the only movie where he doesn't show his wang. <laughs> and oh it was a hit. Gosh. You'll notice. <laughs> the only movie that, that they should have put that on the poster. <laughs> Pulp Fiction. The only movie where Harvey Keitel doesn't show his wang. <laughs> and I would make the Mr. Voice guy really drag out that last consonant sound. Wang. <laughs> so now my confusion, now it makes so much fun. Okay, Harvey Corman, sure. I'm just sitting there thinking, what is Harvey Keitel doing? <laughs> so now you've got Harvey Corman. <laughs> but, but no, he doesn't just play one role, he plays three. There you go. He, the first role is Julia Childs. Okay. With three arms. Oh, it fits perfectly in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> and which one of the arms is drunk? All of them. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> First you make the chicken. This is how you make Bantha stew. That's you know, right. It's, it was, I don't even remember what she was making. It was Bantha something. Cause that was the it only, was? That was the only creature that wasn't sentient. <laughs> That's that, right. Uh, or or self-aware. I mean, back. And now we're going to make... Jawa omelets, you know, it just little <laughs> frightening. Yeah, does anything that can talk to you is kind of Jawa yeah. omelets. Or, just imagine little Jawa steaklets being sliced up. Exactly. Don't forget and, you to know, remove I mean, the robe. It's quite dirty. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Ewoks weren't around yet, so you couldn't have like a Toronto gosh Ewok stew. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Four out of five droids agree. <laughs> Requiem of the Outcast kicks ass. My name is T. Morris, and I am your chief drill instructor for the Survival Guide to Writing Fantasy. I will be training you in the art of book selling on the front lines of the general public. Do you grunts understand me? Your days of sitting back in your mountain cabin, smoking a pipe, wearing ascots, and waiting for your next great inspiration are over. It is time to get the fairy dust out of your ears and remove the magic wand from your backsides. I will give you the tools and the drive to represent yourself at conventions, bookstores, and other selling venues. But it is you who will implement this training. And by the time I am done with you, your books will stand a fighting chance. Am I clear? Are there any questions? How do I get out of this chicken shit outfit? The Survival Guide to Writing Fantasy. Subscribe at tmorris.com slash blog. All right, sweethearts, you heard the man and you know the drill. Hudson, come here. Come here. There's something awkward about writing a promo for a show. Doing the show, no problem. Write an essay, sit down, talk for a bit about what's on my mind, what's new in geekdom. Throw out a game review or two, and then read the essay, which of course focuses on a geek topic. NPR wouldn't run it because they're too good. Not that I'm bitter. But the promo, that's the tricky thing. See, that's the time when you have to say, Hey, listen to my podcast that's about half an hour long, has me talking geek to you, and ends with an essay that's also about geeky stuff. It's called Geek Foo Action Grip. People seem to like it. It's been around for several months, and there's no sign of it stopping. It's in the Podcast Pickle Hall of Fame and a proud member of the Sci-Fi Podcast Network. You can find it at www.geekfooactiongrip.com. And I don't know how to just come out and say that. I'll let you know if I come up with something. 
Patrick McLean here with another installment of Interview with a Zombie. Say hello to the folks, Bob. I tell you folks, Bob here just won't shut up about the Shanaki podcast. He's crazy about this unique, innovative approach to storytelling. Good point, Bob. There is a new episode every week. But Bob, as much as you love this podcast, we've had some emails from people using iTunes. Seems that they just don't know how to spell in Gaelic. So, Bob, how do you spell the name Shanaki? Well, there you go. Straight from the zombie's mouth. Shanaki. S-E-A-N-A-C-H-A-I. Oh, right, right. The Shanaki is also available at goodwordsrightorder.com. If you'd like to drop us a line, visit us on the web at requiemoftheoutcast.com or visit our boards at galacticsenate.com. And now, back to the show. And now it's time for Rejected Star Wars TV Shows. The Fresh Princess of Naboo. <laughs> not as ghetto as I figured. Not, not as ghetto as Not you really. Figured. I can't really picture, uh, you know, Padme talking about, or having like a buddy Jazzy Jeff on, uh, maybe, maybe it's uh, <laughs> DJ Sabe Jizzle Fnizzle. DJ uh, Sabe, that's perfect. I, I, I don't know what I'm saying. Um, I've been watching a lot of MTV. What, what did he say? Downtown Tatooine, born and raised in the Sandlots where I spend most of my days. <laughs> oh my god, this, is, this one sounds so damn pornographic. Two guys, a girl, and a Wookiee. That sounds like Cinemax. <laughs> <laughs> Chewie likes it. A Wookiee is the devil's playground. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, the funny thing about this next one, Darth Trump's The Padawan, yeah. is that they actually yeah. did that gimmick on uh, on The Apprentice. They did? Absolutely. They, I never saw I never watched it. Oh, well, me neither. But they had the Star Wars guys on it. And carrying on with the pornographic rhythm of oh, wow! is touched by oh, a Sith gosh. Lord. Touched by a Sith Lord. Ow. Oh, my gosh. Ow. 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 <laughs> Ow. Oh, my gosh. That's wrong. Wow. You ever wonder how many... Uh, Tell all hollow vids came out about the Jedi that's that touched it. me, you know. Well, they're Sith Lords. That's kind of what they do. <laughs> Hello, Sith Lord evil. Do you let your children hang around with other men who have tattoos all over their face? I don't think so. <laughs> well, he had a big lightsaber. That was clue number one. Oh, my gosh. And speaking of horrible things on television, Extreme Makeover, Death Star Edition. This is just like the original, only after they destroy your house, they don't build it. <laughs> they just... They just blow it up, and that's it. <laughs> and they video it and send it to you while you're in some exotic locale. <laughs> and there's Ty going, see this? The- okay, bye now. You're chilling on that Dr. Seuss land that uh, Ayla Secura died in in episode three. And, yeah, right. And next thing you know, you know, you're munching next to the Cheshire cat, munching on some mushrooms or something. And next thing you know, boom, there's the tape of your house being destroyed. That's right. Or, well, no, not your house, your planet. <laughs> That's your whole planet. We decided to make over your house. Uh, we kind of destroyed your planet in the process. We were going to get your neighbors to volunteer, but they were dead. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Survivor Hoth. That would be great. I think it'd be cold. Not as many bikini shots, and I'm pretty sure Richard Hatch would freeze his ass off. <laughs> that would be the best first episode of Survivor Hoth. The death of Richard Hatch. I freaking hated Apollo. <laughs> oh, wait. Sorry. Wrong Richard Hatch. Oh, right. 
He wasn't naked in that movie. I don't know what everyone's complaining about. Emperor Palpatine controls the universe. You know, I was a big Andy Richter fan. I never actually watched that show. Yeah, I know. I mean, that's, isn't that sad? Like, I, I feel like once he hears this, because he's an avid listener. Absolutely. Once he hears this, it's just going to be like, that was the rule. Like, everybody was a huge Andy Richter fan, and nobody watched the show. Well, I, I was one of the few ones that actually had a valid reason. We didn't actually have broadcast channels. We couldn't pick them up at the time. Really? Exactly, which is why I missed Firefly during its original run, and the same with uh, the, t- the live-action show. Totally missed it, because we didn't have broadcast. Wow. I, when did Firefly originally air? I thought it was on, like... 2001? On what, on what 2003? channel? 2003. It was Fox. Oh, see, Fox actually has some good programming. I mean, they, they do some eclectic stuff. I think mm-hmm. because NBC, ABC, CBS has really driven them out of the mainstream market, so they always have to kind of aim towards the, the subcultures, and they do a pretty good job with that. Yeah, but I think uh, climbing on the bodies of many a dead show, that was good. <laughs> they had yeah, to get to well. that point. <laughs> Fair I enough. Mean, because Fox is the, those are the guys that had the tick. You know, I mean, they take good shows that should have good crowds, put the shows on a crappy night, and then bury it, you know? Yeah. But everybody hates Anakin. Yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing to say on that one. That, that, yeah, I'm yeah, about right there. Okay, yeah, let's go to the next one. <laughs> I love this next one. I think this, whoever thought of this was incredibly creative, because this is an awesome idea. That long, long time ago show. <laughs> See, that that to me is great. It's a great playoff of that 70s show, really featuring the kind of daily drama and hey any any chance to see Laura Prevon so yeah. not only that but everybody has to wear their hair in like buns you know okay let's take a look at that show and let's compare characters okay okay you've got uh, Fez uh huh okay who would be Lando I don't watch that show Okay, I'm, I know, I'm trying to remember the characters. It's been years since I've seen. And we're like, uh... I can remember... I know all the actors' names, which is sad. Uh, I just uh, got punked. <laughs> Dan, Danny Masterson's character would totally be Han Solo. Okay. Uh, Laura Prepon would be Princess Leia, the action side. Whereas Mila Kunis would be Princess Leia, the pretty high-maintenance side. Because any Children. woman who wears her hair like that is, is high maintenance. I don't care who you say. Hello, my name is Earl Newton, and I'm a representative for the Advocates for Media Addiction Awareness. Now, if you are yeah. a media addict, you might experience the following <laughs> symptoms. Watching a gazillion shows, comparing one show to another show, <laughs> alphabetizing your shows in order of their second-to-last main character. Excuse me, I am not conversationally anal-retentive, and I'll tell you in a bulleted list <laughs> according to priority. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's begin with Alpha Mark Zero One. <laughs> Sadly enough, we have actually participated in a version of this show. <laughs> we have, oh, but when did we do that? Con Carolina's first year. Was, was this first year? Okay, first year. Oh, that's right. 2004. And that show is Queer Eye for the Jedi. That's right. Because as if the as if the Jedi Order wasn't subtly homosexual enough, we're going to have three gay screaming people running around, changing their hair. Although it looked like Qui-Gon had gotten his himself done up, because you know, he was a little bit more stylish than the sort of classic Obi-Wan look. Do you ever think, because you know the Padawans have braids, do you ever think if, because they can't do that themselves... 
You oh my god! That their master braids their hair for them, or do you well, think they, they've got like master braiders? Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! And the final rejected Star Wars TV this show. This one's great too. This one's really great. Star Wars: The Next Generation. No, really, I <laughs> starring Jean-Luc Picard as Luke Skywalker. I really picture Jonathan Frakes as the Han Solo type. You've sure. got Worf the Wookiee. Worf the Wookiee. Okay, that's okay, good. That's who good. Else? I guess we can get Patrick Stewart to be Obi Wan. You've got Data as C-3PO. Oh my God, he is so C-3PO. Jordy, um, who's got the visor, is just like the one eye that R2 has. I was gonna say he should definitely be yeah. R2. And uh, let's see, who would be Luke? Uh, Beverly Crusher. No, I think Wes because he was pretty whiny. Oh, hey, all props to you're Will Wheaton. Typecasting. All all props to Will Wheaton, but his character was pretty whiny. No, no. Typecasting, man. Typecasting. Oh, I cannot believe that that freaking Gene Roddenberry basically copied Star Wars. Except he had it first. Yeah. Well, no, no, not well. in the original. I don't know if you could do that with the original cast. I'm talking Next Generation, which came out in '87. Which was after all of the Star Wars movies had come out. All the real ones, anyway. (laughs) Or fan films. (laughs) Like to go. Oh! That's exactly (laughs) what it was. Of course, the first three fan films were episode ones, two, through three. Or parodies. Mm -hmm. God, I think think the prequels parodied (laughs) Star Wars a hell of a lot better than Spaceballs did. (laughs) Hardware Wars was the first, but Phantom Menace was the best. (laughs) 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 You are listening to Requiem of the Outcast. For more information and show notes, visit requiemoftheoutcast.com. Throughout the galaxy, one name is synonymous with truth. He is held as the Empire's greatest example. Among troopers, he is legend. In these times of galactic strife, his is the voice of reason and of truth. You have got to be f***ing kidding me. You've heard the Star Wars saga from the rebel side. Now hear the truth, wisdom, and infinite fortitude from decorated war hero Sand Trooper TD-0013. No, seriously, who wrote this sh- A different point of view, part of the Dragon Page Winging It podcast, available at www.dragonpage.com. Nine hundred years before the Battle of Yavin. The last Sith War was a hundred years ago, but it was a thousand years long. I'm not sure the Jedi Order will ever recover. Two Jedi Masters are reunited. It's good to see you again, Canavigan. You two stay long. I really wish you'd stop mocking me like that. For a mission of galactic proportions. I am the Viceroy of the Trade Federation. My death will destabilize the economies of thousands of star systems. The bounty hunters on the loose. Why are you doing this? Because I was paid to. The Mandalorian warrior from Instagram. I hate Jedi. And we hate Mandalorian. The future of the Trade Federation hangs in the balance. A partnership for our fledgling Trade Federation. 
This is exactly the recognition we need at this stage. Experience a thrilling adventure from the twilight of the Jedi Order. Peace over anger, honor over hate, strength over fear. Peace over anger, honor over hate, strength over fear. Peace over... Star Wars, the Trade Federation. A full cast audio drama starring Adam Johnson and Steve Molman. Missiles. Now available from Sigma Phi Kappa Productions. Boys, boys, get to work. Sorry, sir. They don't really listen. An evil black starship races through the time and space stream with one mission, to wreak as much havoc as possible. This is the ship of the evil mastermind, Dr. Steve, and his sock-shaped assistant, Fidget. The reviews are in, Fidget. The radio adventures of Dr. Floyd podcast is a hit. Wow, really? Yes, look at this. Five stars from podcastbunker.com. Four and a half stars from podcastreviews.net. Tracks of the Tree calls the Dr. Floyd podcast laugh-out-loud funny and says it'll make a dreamer out of anyone who listens. PLPH Radio says Dr. Floyd is good for all ages and delivers the good. Well, yes, apparently we're one of the few podcasts that's fun for the whole family. You know, safe for kids, fun for adults and all that. It's even become a syndicated show on Godcast.org. There's only one problem. Well, none of these reviews mention how absolutely fantastic I am. So, I guess I'm going to have to ramp up the evil then. The kid gloves are off. It's time to put the evil pedal to the metal. And is several other cliches that mean I'm going to become even more evil until the reviewers stand up and take notice. <laughs> oh no, Dr. Stevens just promised to become even more evil than he already is. Will Dr. Floyd and his ragtag bunch of heroes be able to prevent Dr. Steve from causing more trouble throughout history? The only way to find out is to tune in each week to the Radio Adventures of Dr. Floyd. Brought to you via podcast by drfloyd.com. That's D-O-C-T-O-R-F-L-O-Y-D.com. New episodes of podcast every Sunday. Subscribe now and set your imagination to fun. Drfloyd.com. That's D-O-C-T-O-R-F-L-O-Y-D.com. Did you like those commercials? If you'd like to have your project promoted on Roto, contact us at ReckoningTheOutcast.com and I'll return you to your regularly scheduled show already in progress. Now, if you are a fan of movies like I am, here's a fun little game to play. It's called Misappropriated Star Wars Quotes. It's basically you take a Star Wars quote and you tack into it a reference to another movie, kind of blending two different movies in. This one is from a personal favorite movie of mine that a lot of people just don't like. I, I have this friend, and he waved his hand and told the cable guy he'll give me free cable, and then he got all the movie channels for free. You ever hear of anything like that? <laughs> that was actually I enjoyed that movie, actually. I love that movie. Anyway. That movie, of course, being Little Orphan Annie. <laughs> Good <laughs> grief. That's no moon. It's probably some kind of hunting lodge for rich weirdos. Alright, but apart from the sanitation droids, bionic limbs, hyperdrive, moisture vaporators, galactic order, abolishment of slavery, star charts, the compact and efficient central government, and interplanetary free trade, what has the Empire ever done for us? <laughs> Annie, do you like movies about Jedi Knights? <laughs> well, gee, Mr. Wizard. Wookie mother do you speak it? <laughs> oh gosh, that that was you know I I feel relaxed after saying no, that. I don't know. You f- it should feel wrong. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> 
There's a big snake in the trash, Luke. I hate snakes. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the Death Star. Uh, the first rule of the Rebel Alliance is that we don't talk about the Rebel Alliance. That one should be pretty easy. His name is Han Solo. <laughs> His name is Han Solo. In the Rebel Alliance, in death, we do have names. Okay, good. I could quote the whole movie in Star Wars terms. That's awesome. How do you like that? That's awesome, man. I will never have a girlfriend. Go ahead. And do you know why you'll never have a girlfriend? You know, like lightsaber skills, mind control skills, droid hacking skills. Girls only want to have boyfriends who have great skills. Oh. <laughs> That's your problem, man. You just need skills. Gosh. And Chewbacca as uh, Pedro. <laughs> what kind of a speeder do you have? Do you ever take it off any sweet jumps? <laughs> Can I have a try? <laughs> Crash. Where were you this summer? Gosh, I was hunting womp rats on my uncle's T-16 back home. What did you think? <laughs> How? Oh, yeah? How big were they? That's no right. bigger than two meters. What do you think? That's right. <laughs> oh, wow. I would love to actually sit there and take a lot of those dialogues. See, that'll have to be a dramatis interpretation theater, I think. Anyway. Have we talked about my theory of Keanu Reeves and the guy who played Napoleon Dynamite? No, we sure haven't. My theory is that somehow in, in the time and space that is all stories in the universe, you don't realize it till you see it, but Napoleon Dynamite is actually Neo's younger brother. <laughs> And if you think about it, they really are. Because you could totally see Neo being like, Whoa, I know Kung Fu. And then his brother, younger brother going, I don't have any skills. I have massive bow fighting skills. That's right. That's right. Because <laughs> I'm handy with a bow staff. That's right. <laughs> but seriously, I mean, like, they, if you listen to them, they sound exactly like You could totally hear that Napoleon Dynamite getting dragged around at Keanu Reeves' like, Hollywood parties. How come you never introduced me to any really hot girls, Neo? Shut up, I'm a Christ figure. <laughs> they need to have his, a kip in Fight Club. <laughs> yeah. I want you to hit me as hard as you can. <laughs> what? I'll break you. What are you talking about? You know I'm training to be a cage fighter. I'd kick your ass. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> are you Tyler Durden? No, but that's my screen name. <laughs> I love my dead gay droid. Sometimes you eat the Wookiee, and sometimes, well, he eats you. No, Obi-Wan, I expect you to die. Just because I'm a big fan of that franchise. That's just me, though. One time at clone camp? Are you holding a Wookiee in your hand? Hello, my name is Luke Skywalker. You are my father. Prepare to die. <laughs> oh, no. I'm looking for a Sith-fingered man. <laughs> the man with Sith fingers on his right hand. I'm thinking about taking that new chick from Alderaan. If things go right, I might be showing her my Obi face. You know. Oh, oh, Obi-Wan. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. You're the Emperor? I thought you'd be taller. Yes, you did, Qui-Gon. You tried to f*** him. 
And Darth Maul don't like to be f***ed by anybody except Mrs. Maul. Mrs. Maul! <laughs> <laughs> I just love that concept. Like, there's a Mrs. Maul at home that's like, well, I didn't really understand the tattoos at first, but I had a midlife crisis, and you just try to love him one day at a time, you know, I mean. Hey, here's one from one of my absolute favorite movies. Saturday, Anakin, is Shabbos, the Jedi Day of Rest. That means that I don't duel, I don't get in a land speeder, I don't ride in a land speeder, I don't reprogram the droids, I don't turn on my lightsaber, and I sure as don't f***ing roll. Shomer Shabbos. Shomer Shabbos. If you want to be a Jedi, you've got to really hate the Empire. Have you ever heard of Yoda, Windu, Kenobi? Morons. You'll be able to find the complete list of all of the Star Wars movie mashups in the forums, including the ones that we skipped. I got an email from a longtime listener, Robbie Chastain. As he's also the host of Star Wars and Beyond, which can be found at StarWarsAndBeyond.com or mm-hmm. at StarWarsFanWorks.com, the home of Star Wars Internet Fan Audio. And remember, it's not just Star Wars, it's also and beyond. Exactly. <laughs> he emailed us with a response to what scares him. And uh, his email starts off with, You asked what scares people. Not much in films scare me, as horror films and the like tend to bore me more often than not. I actually end up MST3King films. But there is something that scares me, and that thing I'm going to mention is something that is really fearful and brings terror to my heart whenever an instance of this occurs. What scares me to death is pissed off black women. There, I said it. I feel better. Wow. So send all of your racist comments to Robbie Chestnuts. <laughs> <laughs> the opinions of Robbie Chastain do not accurately represent the opinions expressed by Requiem of the Outcast or Rich Siegfried or Earl Newton. Thank you. That's, I appreciate that. You took the words right out of my mouth. Robbie's so going to get our asses kicked. <laughs> All right. Oh, wait. I got another email. Uh, this one is from uh, Davey. And this is actually, uh, this is an important one. Cause we, we didn't wait, mention... I can read this one. I can read it with my mind. From Davey Beauchamp. The thing that scares me most is editors. <laughs> <laughs> the people that scare me the most are people actually ask me if I have a book written. <laughs> Hello. Once again, I need a favor from all of you to help with an incredible short dramatic film called Sightlines, which starred Nick Searcy, Seven Days and Castaway, and Sean O'Rourke from One Tree Hill and also Cutting Room. The creators are trying to get the short onto iFilm.com, so I told them I would see what I could do to help in an email writing campaign. I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't know Sean and hadn't seen the film myself. And all I have to say is simply incredible. It really blew me away. So if you emailing feedback at ifilm.com and telling them you want to see Sightlines hosted on ifilm.com for viewing, it would be greatly appreciated. Thanks again. I'm going to put all that uh, on the website, and you will be able to uh, send an email to ifilm and tell them to, Hey, jerky, put this film on. I want to see it too. As I mentioned earlier, I've been doing a lot of rearranging on the website, and you may have noticed on the left-hand side a little button that's labeled Frapper. In case you don't know what one of those are, it's a gigantic map of the entire world. And just by clicking your mouse, you can add yourself to that map. So now you can see if there are any outcasts near you. We've only got a few people on there right now, but the hope is that it will grow as more of you add yourselves. 
Now, not only will we be adding our own information, but we'll also be adding some information about any conventions that are coming up. Who knows? There might be some in your area. And, ladies and gentlemen, as if it was, that wasn't enough insanity, lunacy, and craziness for you, that is the end of the show. I am Earl Newton. And I am Rich Sigfret. And that is the finale. You can reach us at Earl at Requiem the Outcast or Rich at Requiem the Outcast. Both are dot coms. That's it. Have a happy new year. 2006 is coming around the corner. Go home. <laughs> See you guys on the dark side. Goodbye now. StarWarsFanWorks.com, the home of Star Wars fan audio on the internet. It's your home for Star Wars fan audio genre news, a comprehensive catalog of fan-made Star Wars radio shows, parody tales, and serious audio dramas, with behind-the-scenes features, a message board, reviews, tutorials, convention coverage, an internet movie database-style directory of the entire Star Wars fan audio community, and the only fan audio community-recognized Star Wars Fan Audio Academy Awards held each year. StarWarsFanWorks.com, fandom has a whole new sound. For years, sci-fi fans have toiled at making fan films, podcasts, and goofy flash animations to obscure techno music. They work hard. Give them their props. Watch, listen, and talk back. <clears throat> at planetfandom.com <laughs> This show is part of the Out of This World Entertainment on the Sci-Fi Podcast Network. TSFPN.com White boy justification power. <laughs> All right. Form of Rip Van Winkle. Um, <laughs> My incredible narcoleptic. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I was aiming for Rob Van Winkle. Oh, Rob Van Winkle? Yeah. Was he like a band, a drummer in the 80s? What was his deal? Close. Vanilla Ice. His name was Rob Van Winkle? His real name is Rob Van Winkle. Do you know how ballsy you have to be to go from Rob Van Winkle to Vanilla Ice? Well, back in the 80s, it wasn't so ballsy. <laughs> I'd call myself necessary. Snooze Dog. Snooze Dog. Yeah. I'd be like, yo, the S N O Z. I don't know. It would have fit with the narcolepsy gimmick. That's right. I'd just be like, anytime, anytime I, I would get to a place in the song where I couldn't think of a rhyme, I'd just snore and the girls would freak. They'd just be like, <laughs> all right, stop. Collaborate and. <laughs> I'd be like, so I went to the store and I bought me an orange, and then I went downtown and I. Uh, <laughs> bitches! <laughs> <laughs> all right. Welcome to the show. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs>
Thundercat, Thundercat, Thundercat. Oh. <laughs> if you added like a bling, 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 dong, 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 you could you could totally have like a like a like a gangster song. Thundercat, dong, 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 Thundercat, dong, 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 Thundercat. Oh. <laughs> you know, you may be onto something there. 